Welcome to the One Habit Podcast from First 90, where we invite leaders to share actionable wisdom about the habits that have helped them find success and fulfillment. I'm your host, Mike Heslin, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Richard Hodge. Richard is a highly accomplished leader, which we'll get into in a moment, but I want to start by saying that having worked with you, Richard, uh, what stands out most to me is the energy that you bring to a team and to a culture. Um, in every interaction we have, whether it's in person or over Zoom, uh, you're welcoming and supportive and humble, really, in a way that creates positive connections across the whole team. Thank you for that, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, so, Richard cut his teeth at AT&T in the pre-breakup days and at Occidental Petroleum. Before starting in executive roles quite early in his career, he led marketing and then the software business unit for United Computer Systems, which then became Foresight Systems. He then became COO of Execucom, the company that actually invented the spreadsheet and stayed through its acquisition. Then after a few years in Hawaii, partly running a charter sailing and diving business he founded, but also mostly living in Hawaii with his family, uh, he joined Beehive International as its president and led that company through a reorganization, then an acquisition by Alcatel. Uh, from there, he turned more toward professional services, first as a partner at Creative Marketing Incentives, selling into really the mainstays of Silicon Valley, just as the internet was taking off. So Apple, Sun Microsystems, Oracle, Salesforce, many others. Uh, and from there, he founded two different companies in the learning space. The Real Learning Company developed over 200 learning programs for over 300 customers, while uh, Advantage Performance Group brought a variety of learning solutions from different creators to companies looking for better ways to develop their people. During this time, he also co-authored a book, The Mind of the Customer, articulating his sales philosophy based on a number of real-world cases. Both of those companies, the Real Learning Company and Advantage Performance Group, were uh, acquired by the consulting firm BTS. Uh, Richard then was a global partner at BTS. Uh, he now does his own consulting work and is chairman of First 90, the company that is bringing you this podcast. Right, well, let's get into it. Uh, Richard Hodge, as you reflect on your career and the success you've had to this point, what is one habit that has been key for you? You know, Mike, I went through and kind of off the top of my head, looked at um, some that came to the surface and three that jumped out right away. One was commitment to excellence. Uh, the second one was continuous learning. But I imagine a lot of your guests are going to have one or both of those as core habits that have made them successful. The one that the third popped up in my brain was this notion of generosity, being kind, uh, being kind-hearted, being abundant, starting upward spirals. That's awesome. And what does that look like in practice? Well, it's interesting. You know, it all started with my mom, and she was a, an early role model, and she was always the person that went and helped a neighbor if a family member needed some food, needed some money, needed a ride, whatever it might be, my mom was there raising her hand. Um, she always brought uh, a positive side to everything, even the most challenging experiences. And one of my favorite memories of her is every July, we'd have a giant Christmas party at my house. 
And my mom said that you just can't have Christmas once a year. There's too much joy in it and there's too much fun and, and there's too much kindness and sharing during that period. So I'm going to also have one in July. So she threw a giant uh, July Christmas party for family and friends. And uh, that was a really good starting point. And, and then this habit began to evolve for me as I went through the Boy Scouts of all things. Mm. So one of the things that the Boy Scouts really uh, connect to and, and talk about in its heyday was Scouts do a good deed. So having that notion in your brain of how can you do something for somebody else's benefit and not just yours and have more balance in your life was an, an interesting impact on me as I began to think about how my mom behaved and then began to make choices on how I want to behave. And then early on in my uh, college education career, I had a favorite college professor. And when I decided to join AT&T as a first-line manager, it was a special mm -hmm. program that they brought you right out of school and you were immediately managing people. And Harry Grace taught me about all the great thinkers, Peter Drucker, Bemis, all these wonderful leadership thinkers. And I went to him for advice as I got ready to start my first real professional job. And he said, you know, everything I've told you about all these great leaders and thinkers and theory X and theory Y, he said, forget it all. I said, what? He said, yeah, forget it all. You're going to be dealing with real workers doing hard work in real jobs. Here's what you need to think about. They don't care where you come from, what education you've had, even how you feel sometimes. What they care about is what you can do for them. And boy, it just connected straight back to creating that positive, kind-hearted, generous environment and finding ways to help others learn and grow uh, and see what they need and start there instead of starting with what I wanted or I needed. Um, so that was a very early manifestation right in my first professional job of thinking, how do I take such a principle like generosity and kindness and move it into like a real business corporate world. So I love the genesis of this habit being in Christmas specifically. I think there are uh, some family members of mine that will have to make sure don't hear this podcast because we will end up with monthly Christmas celebrations from that, you know, really kind of core family early beginning from your mom and then through the Boy Scouts experience, making you mindful. I think it, it sounds like that was really an education, mindfulness and in purposefulness of how you were showing up for other people, which is awesome. And then, you know, actually learning something practical through a college professor, which kudos. <laughs> That's why he was my favorite. He was the real deal. <laughs> but but whether it was at AT&T or, you know, another kind of early career experience or, or even later, what's, what's a memory that sticks out to you of how this habit of generosity and kindheartedness had a connection to successful outcomes for you professionally? One of the best examples for me of how this has shown up and actually benefited me instead of just benefiting others is when I started the company you mentioned, The Real Learning Company. I started it with two colleagues from the Advantage Performance Group. Um, they wanted me to join them, but it was primarily a sales and marketing organization. And I really like ideas and I like the spirit of inventiveness uh, and design processes. So I said, nah, I, I'm not going to be part of that company, but if you want to think about starting a second company, 
and be my two silent partners, I'd love to get into the business of designing simulations and experiential learning programs. And I'd love to, to sell them through your company. Um, and I'd like to be, you know, your loose partners, if you will. And they thought about it and explored it and decided that would be a great idea. You know, what have they got to lose? I'm making the investment. Um, I'm willing to learn and try and experiment. And so when we did this, I gave each one of them a third of my company. Wow. So I started real learning with 33% equity and gave away 66% immediately. And they were kind of shocked that I would do that. And I said, well, I want you as partners. I want you to have a stake in my success and our success because my success will be our success. And if we make something really special here, a third of something special is a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not 100% or 90 or 80, but it's a lot. And the way it began to manifest for me is they took such a deep interest in the company and what we did. And they were there to help wherever they could, because I didn't come from that industry, that I just got this amazing amount of help. And then after three years of us working together and, and growing together, they both gave up a third of their equity in their company and said, we want to go full in and give you the same deal that you gave us. So we'll be third partners in Advantage, which was a much bigger company at the time. And wow. we'll be third partners in real learning. So that starting with an abundant mindset, sharing from the beginning, cost two guys that never ever shared anything with anybody from an equity standpoint or a partnership standpoint uh, without me asking, wanting to, to share with me. Yeah, generosity begets generosity. The example of starting a real learning company is so instructive because the first thing you did in that story was to tell some colleagues, some people you respected, no, when they made a request of you. But you did it in a way that was uh, so generously minded and had this exact spirit you're talking about that, that had become habitual for you by that point, that it became the upward spiral. So to, to make this really actionable for listeners, you know, I think the story you, you've told is really compelling in that this mindset and this habit of generosity is something that you had been cultivating from an early age, from your family, from your educational experiences. For someone who is maybe earlier in their career or uh, coming up and, and wants to cultivate this, wants to build this habit of generosity and abundance, what advice would you have for them and how to get started? I have uh, two pieces of advice. The first one is um, that great ancient saying, first seek to understand before being understood. Hmm. So if you can ask good questions and listen with all your mind and all your heart, um, you will uncover amazing things that you can connect to. So that's the first one is, is, is really think about that. Don't listen to others with a dialogue going on in your brain of what you want to say or the point you want to get across, but really be present and ask good questions. The second one is a is kind of a quirky little one, but I do it every single day. And that's that I put a, a coin that was a, a coin my father had. And I start my day off with it in my left pants pocket. And I look for an opportunity to start an upward spiral. 
Hmm. Now that might be at Starbucks having kind of a cranky barista that has been under stress and got up early and it's been a crazy day for the person. Um, and I'll get them to smile and say something um, either interesting or ask them a little question or tell them, you know, I really like the way that, that their glasses look on them or whatever is in my heart, what I feel. And then I'll move that coin to the right side. And sometimes it's a big thing and sometimes it's a medium thing. So it's not the size of it. It's the intentionality of wanting to start my day as early as possible by starting an upward spiral. So in this case, you really hacked the habit loop, which we talk about as the sequence of thoughts and actions that define a habit as you build it, right? So there's always some kind of cue, some kind of routine or behavior, and then some kind of reward. And in this case, you created a cue for yourself of feeling that coin in your left pocket and then the reward afterward, right? Over and above the good vibes of, of sparking an upward spiral of moving the coin to your right pocket as a, a celebration of that win was inspired to start doing this when I lived in Mill Valley in San Francisco. I had to cross mm -hmm. the Golden Gate Bridge every day to get to work. And what I would do is as I would go through, I would pay for my toll and I'd pay for the person behind me. And I ultimately got to know the Bay Bridge collectors because that's what mm -hmm. they did in those days. And they would give me a cookie for my dog if my dog was with me. And they would also always say, Sometimes when you start this, we'll get like 30 people that will pay for the person behind them. That's amazing. Before it gets broken. And then we'll get somebody that's so self-absorbed, they say thank you and just drive through. <laughs> but uh, that always inspired me to see what could happen with paying, you know, a dollar for somebody else right. in the early part of a day. And, and your dog got a Toll House cookie out of it. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, excellent. Well, Richard, thank you so much for sharing your, your learnings and your wisdom and your guidance uh, with us. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for inviting me to this. I really enjoyed our time together, Mike. Right, thanks, everyone. One Habit Podcast is a product of First 90. Episodes are available at onehabit.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest today was Richard Hodge. Our producer is Alana Nevins. And I'm Mike Heslin. Thanks for listening.